welcome to day 137 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. Uh, we're in the book of 1 Samuel, and uh, we've already fallen in love with the main character, uh, not really the main character in every book of scripture. God is always uh, the main character, uh, but one of the endearing servants of the Lord, Samuel, uh, he'll lead uh, Israel through the transition from the time of the judges. Uh, many have called him the final judge in Israel to the time of the kings as he anoints, first of all, Saul and then anoints David. Uh, and David, of course, would be a king after God's own heart that would point us in a even richer and deeper way to the king after God's own heart that came from the line of David, uh, our Lord and our Messiah and our Savior, Jesus. So we come to a critical period uh, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 4 when God is carrying out his judgment against Eli and his sons. And, of course, he had told the young boy Samuel that when you hear it, your ears will tingle, and certainly ours do. This is... This is a hard, uh, you know, a hard judgment, you know, from the Lord, both on Eli and his sons, and and on Israel. But you see God's grace, and you see God's enduring power, and His Majesty, and His honor, uh, you know, maintained through this chapter. So we turn to First Samuel chapter four. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp, David Keefe, and Matt Kresge. Cindy, as we uh, turn to First uh, Samuel, why don't you uh, lift us up with a word of prayer? Certainly. Father, we um, come to you now thanking you for who you are. Thank you, Father, that you have um, moved towards us beautifully by giving us um, your word. And we just ask as we look into it even now, Lord, that your spirit would teach us, uh, convict us of sin where needed, and comfort us also, Lord, where needed. But we just ask that you would continue to deepen our faith and our love for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 1 Samuel 4, verse 1. And now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel, and as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to the camp. The elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let's bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shiloh so that he may go up with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Silo, and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty who was enthroned between the cherubim. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the ark of the covenant of God. When the ark of the Lord's covenant came to the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, What's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A god has come into the camp, they said. Oh no, nothing like this has ever happened before. We're doomed. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men, or you'll be subject to the Hebrews if they have been subject to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. Slaughter was very great. Israel lost thirty thousand foot soldiers. The ark of the God was cap- the ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phineas, died. That same day, a Benjamite ran from the battle line and went to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair by the side of the road, watching because his heart feared for the ark of God. When the man entered the town and told what had happened, the whole town sent up a cry. Eli heard the outcry and asked. What is the meaning of this uproar? 
The man hurried over to Eli, who was 98 years old and whose eyes had failed to s- so that he could not see. He told Eli, I've just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day. Eli asked, what happened, my son? The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines. The army suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken, and he died, for he was an old man, and he was very heavy. He had led Israel for 40 years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, and near the time of delivery, when she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. As she was dying, the woman attending her said, Don't despair. You've given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel. Because of the capture of the ark of God and the death of her father-in-law and her husband, she said, The glory has departed from Israel for the Ark of God has been captured. The man of God had come to see, uh, had come to Eli and, and said that his two sons would die on the same day. And of course, uh, Eli also followed them in death. And uh, so God's judgment is, is being enacted here. And it's not only you know a judgment on uh, Eli and his family, but on Israel as well, as they presume upon the Ark of the Lord um, and uh, lose it in battle. Uh, not only losing 4,000 men in one skirmish and then 30 in the next. Mm-hmm. So as you read the passage, what are some of the things that stand out? It's a tough passage. You know, just, <laughs> you know, we, we saw the, the word that came to you know, Samuel. And what a first, I was thinking about this, what a first... Uh, revelation to receive from the Lord. You know, this is the first time you hear from the Lord and mm-hmm. he tells you that this judgment's coming and then we see this play out. But, you know, it, there's almost, a, it seems like a spirit of Eli's sons also kind of amongst Israel. You know, that, that Israel is just going to, hey, we're going to go out and fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's take the ark. It's just presuming upon kind of God to, to be at their service. You know, and, and showing just contempt for the ark of of God, um, and, and so you know, just for me, like reading this and, and seeing this kind of unfold is um, just kind of watching God's people presume upon God mm-hmm. in a way that that God has never called them, you know, to act or, or called called them into um, to living, and, and so just kind of watching that disconnect unfold mm-hmm. is. I mean, convicting to me because I'm. I know there's so many times in my life I just presume upon God. No, there, there, there's way. so much here than you know more than just a judgment on a man and his family. It's a judge on a nation as whole, and of course, as go the leaders, so goes you know so goes you know the nation and the character of the nation is often often reflected in the character, you know of of its leaders, and so there's a dual responsibility here. And of course, they recognize the power of God, but they approach the power of God in the, yeah. in, in the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing they should have done is why has God brought this great defeat upon us and repented and turned to Him and sought His face and His power? And they just simply assumed all we have to do is get the ark, and if the ark is here, God is here, and if God is here, He's mm-hmm. on our side. Mm-hmm. But we've already learned, you know, from the encounter, uh, you know, with Joshua. 
you know, before, you know, coming into the promised land when the angel of the Lord appears in full armor. And, uh, you know, Joshua said, whose side are you on in this? Are you for us or are you for our enemies? And he said, neither. I'm, I am the commander of the Lord's army. And, of course, the Lord here is, is acting in his own honor as you'll continue to see, you know, through the conclusion, uh, you know, which will, which will be tomorrow. It's usually Matthew that tries to give you away <laughs> the very next day. Easy. Uh, but, it's, uh, but it's tomorrow. Uh, you'll see that God does indeed stand for his honor even in the middle of this yes. loss. Yes. But it is, a, it is a wake-up call, you know, for the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I see myself so much in this kind of opening scene that things don't go very well for them. And so, you know, things might not go well in your life. Like, oh, what I... Let me get back to church. Let me start reading my Bible. I'm going to pray for five minutes. It is five good to see minutes. you back at church. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, we did miss a week. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, he's like, let me just do these things, and then therefore things will go well for me. My enemies will kind of disappear. These these things I feel are going bad in my life. And and so rather than like trusting in an actual God, you know, we kind of see them trusting in the, the ark of God rather than the God of the ark in, in a sense. And so we in the same way kind of, you know, we trust in kind of this, let me do these things, make God happy again, because I disappointed him, rather than actually trusting in him and, and going to him humbly in, in repentance and and seeking after him. We just do these things in, in the hopes that he'll reward yeah. us or something. You know, there's uh, every bad moment we see in Israel, we can look back and see, you know, bad tendencies within ourselves. And uh, certainly sometimes our you know, sins are not as severe. You know, certainly, hopefully, they were not as severe as Hophni and Phineas's you know, sin against the temple of the Lord. But we, we can hold the Lord in contempt. We can hold his sacrifice in contempt. And in this particular case, you know, as they're going into battle, it appears from the text you know, that God was an afterthought. You know, not an initial thought, you know, as they're preparing themselves for the battle. So in the first, you know, kind of instance, they presumed upon their own ability. In the second instance, they presumed upon, you know, God's, you know, God's presence. And in both cases, you know, it, it, it failed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you fast forward to the wife of Phineas, and she's in labor and birthing this child. And yet... You know, she names him Ichabod. That the glory has departed from Israel. Um, that's a that's a very harsh moment, but that is very telling because that is indeed what has happened. It was not just the ark, um, kind of a talisman, if you will, or a good luck charm, but it was the very presence of God that departed. Kids could get very unfortunate names yeah, you know, back in biblical <laughs> times. You he know, used to live with that his whole life. Yeah, whatever the guy, huh? Yeah, whatever. For short, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whenever you know Benjamin was born, you know Rachel named him Ben Omi, son of my pain. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, we had Isaac. Benjamin. Do you have the nickname? But no, Jacob changed his name. Jacob yeah, changed. Yeah. His. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I had a little, uh, little Old Testament brain freeze there for a minute. It oh, happens gosh. occasionally, <laughs> and with a guy my age, you gotta kind of expect that. You know, it happened from time to time. But Jacob changed him to Ben Amin, son of my right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, here, Ichabod is, is 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 right. You'll see. You know, if you move forward, you'll see in the book of Ezekiel, after the nation has fallen into its worst and most desperate time, the glory of the Lord leaves the temple mm-hmm. but here you see a you know precursor to that that the glory of the lord is no longer fighting the battles that he promised to fight for them if they walked in faithfulness and obedience you know to him that a thousand men would flee before one 
but on the other hand, they would flee, uh, you know, if they were not faithful to him. So you see, you know, God's judgment again, not just on Eli and his family, but on the nation as a whole. Well, it really does, you know, this, there's a wordplay happening here because you have this weird kind of mention of, you know, Eli fell backward off his chair, you know, and he was heavy, you know, it's just kind of, what's that note about? Until you realize that heavy you know, kabed, and then the glory of God, kabod, is this wordplay that's happening that's going to unfold. Mm. And we're going to see it, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the Lord's hand is going to be heavy, you know, upon mm-hmm. his enemies. And and so you're you're watching, how will the Lord restore his glory amongst Israel? It's mm-hmm. it's through this heaviness. Uh, and so it's just kind of, no, we don't get to see it as English Yeah, Matt, Matt is, yeah, Matt is uh, getting an, an interesting wordplay. When we see the word glory, it is actually weightiness. Mm-hmm. And so when we see the Lord's glory, we see his substance yeah. and, you know, his power and his majesty. And, yeah. you know, uh, just the opposite when we look and see, you know, the weightiness of Eli as what killed him. Yeah. You know, in this sense, and he had no substance. And of course, you have, mm. you have this, you know, kind of sense. You know, both the you, again, this is the second mention of him not being able to see. When there were a lot of things, you know, in the nation that he should have seen and he should have acted on, and would have prevented, you know, them from coming from this moment. Uh, but uh, as he is losing his sight, he is he is one who has has, has not seen what he needs to see and responded yeah. as a leader in the way that he needs he needs to respond. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a sad chapter. You know, you have forty yes. years you have forty years of leadership in very ignoble land, you know, both you know for his sons for him and and he thinks you know for the ark of the Lord itself, but the ark Lord will preserve his own glory or his own weightiness. In, in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating, too, you know, that, that we're, I mean, we're so far removed from the actual Exodus experience, and yet Israel's enemies are still, re, re, you know, yes. recounting the fact that yeah. these are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues. We're doomed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like Israel's enemies are aware of, you know, not, they don't know the covenant God, but they're aware of what happened in Egypt, mm-hmm. and yet everyone seems to know it except for Israel. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. again, Israel's just we'll we'll make God do it. Yeah, their theolo- their theology is a little mixed up. They're you yeah. know the gods, mm-hmm. you know, rather than you know the one living God. So they're they're seeing it you know through you know th- you know through their lens. Yeah, but uh, you're right. Uh, you have Israel's enemies acknowledging the power of their God, and Israel taking for granted. In the power of the God in the same in the same chapter, and just a low point that this brings us to of throughout the whole story of seeing, as Matt talked about, you know they're they're taken out of slavery, they 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 go through the desert, they're finally brought into the promised land. We see kind of those, some of those triumphant kind of victories they have over the people, and then you know we read in verse you know uh, seventeen. The man that's bringing bringing the news. Israel's fled before the Philistines. The army has suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons, they are dead, and the ark has been captured. You know, and so just this super low point. And then obviously, we get Ichabod born, and you know, the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel. And so just thinking of all that God has intended for His people and how far they are from Him and from His heart, it is difficult to to read at times. No, it is. And David, why don't you uh, close us with a word of prayer? Father, we come before you, 
knowing that in so many ways, just as the people of Israel that we, we've heard about have have just kind of used you or just kind of um, done certain things to try to uh, appease you. We, we know that we do those things as well, that we often just use you for our own means and for our own advantages. And so, Father, uh, forgive us for the times we have done that. Help us to see you for who you truly are. Um, help us to, to marvel in your glory. And may the heaviness of who you are be, be pushed upon our hearts as, as we consider you and your word and, and your love towards us in Christ Jesus. Um, help us to look to him to um, be renewed and refreshed in this wonderful story of redemption. Even when we see the low points here, may we be reminded of the great news to come in Christ Jesus, um, the good news that is brought, not the sad news that's brought here in this chapter, but the good news brought to us in Christ. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Mm -hmm.